can be a pretty cynical guy. The one thing that really keeps me going are these wild places that are the real soul of this country. A great part of my life, I've been climbing and fishing and hunting on public lands. I've been a successful businessman because of the lessons I learned in the outdoors. My business was built on having wild places. Public lands have never been more threatened than right now because you have a few self-serving politicians that want to sell them off and make money. Behind the politicians are the energy companies and the big corporations that want to use up those natural resources. It's just greed. This belongs to us. This belongs to all of the people in America. It's our heritage. I hope my kids and grandkids will have the same experiences that I have. Our Secretary of the Interior, Zinke, has said he believes in public lands. Let's hold him to it. Let's not let him back down on that. That's Yvonne Chouinard, founder of the uber-successful outdoor brand Patagonia. That ad was released in 2017, and it is the only television ad they have ever made. The goal wasn't to sell product. It was to get people to text in support of keeping public lands public. Patagonia is easily the poster child for purpose-driven brands. I mean, they've created a billion-dollar business around the central idea of doing good for the planet. Patagonia is, however, just one small example of the power of purpose in the infinite era. This is Matthew Sweezy, and you are listening to episode six of the Electronic Propaganda Society, a nine-part series looking into the cause and effects of June 24th, 2009. In this episode, we're going to investigate the power of purpose and its role to help businesses not only break through, but achieve better outcomes in the infinite era. One of the big effects of the infinite era is brands must find a new way to break through and relate to their audience past just the products. And when they can do that, they can become a larger part of their market's life and build deeper relationships that not only grow and sustain the business, they make it more durable. And this is really where the power of purpose comes in. And I'm aware that purpose is a very overused word currently. So let's do some defining for just a moment. The date is April 4th, 2017, and this gym gets released. Now, what you're listening to but can't see is a highly produced two-minute video designed to connect the brand to a purpose. The title of this little film is Live For Now. It starts off with a lone man on a rooftop with his cello. He's concentrating and playing so hard the sweat is dripping down his face. And as he plays, the scene flashes by and we are shown a lot of different faces, different colors, different races, different religions. Next, the scene expands and those faces join together to become a crowd. They hold signs. Those signs read, join the conversation peace. Others just show the symbol of peace. When the crowd marches, we are introduced to a young woman getting ready to join the movement. She's making her sign, and it's clear she is proud to be taking a stand and joining the movement. Then the camera zooms out to reveal another storyline. You see, as the crowd is marching down the street, 
they pass by a model shoot. And the model is the reality star, Kendall Jenner. She's so taken by the movement, she decides to leave the photo shoot. In a triumphant move, she removes her wig, wipes the makeup from her face, and becomes herself. She then walks out to join the crowd as the music plays on. And that music is important. The entire film is scored by the song Lion by Skip Marley, the grandson of Bob Marley. The lyrics are powerful and real, and they build up to the crescendo. And this is where the magic happens. The model, Kendall Jenner, well, she walks through the crowd, reaches and picks up a Pepsi, and faces a line of policemen, stern faces. The music stops. She reaches over, hands the can to the officer. The can opens, and the crowd erupts. The film is expertly shot, viewed millions of times, and even scored by Bob Marley's grandson. But despite all of this, it's pulled within 24 hours of airing. Pepsi had to pull it and all associated content, as well as put up an apology. The issue? They were using the plight of the Black Lives Matter movement and other social justice issues going on to sell soda, and the world wasn't having it. Even Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter, Beatrice, posted a tweet with a picture of her father, opposing officers in a real protest with the words below the image, if only daddy had known about the power of Pepsi. That's not purpose. Rather, that's a brand trying to ride the social justice bandwagon to sell more stuff. And that is not what we're talking about. And the people of the world, they're not fooled either. Pepsi had the right idea. Purpose is powerful. They just didn't understand purpose isn't what you say, it's what you do. Patagonia never needed to put out an ad to say they were purpose-driven. They didn't need to create a fake movement to get behind it to show their commitment to the environment. It is evident in everything they do. Many brands also get the notion that purpose is all about social justice, and it's not. Now, that can be a part of your purpose, but purpose also needs to be grounded in the idea of stakeholder theory. Because purpose-driven brands don't just care about the environment, they care about their customers, their employees, and all stakeholders involved in the enterprise. And to explain stakeholder theory in a little bit greater detail, I'm going to turn it over to Edward Freeman, ethics professor at the Darden School at the University of Virginia and one of stakeholder theory's main proponents. Stakeholder theory is an idea about how business really works. It says that for any business to be successful, it has to create value for customers, suppliers, employees, communities, and financiers, shareholders, banks, and others, the people with the money. Stakeholder theory is the idea that each one of these groups is important to the success of a business, and figuring out where their interests go in the same direction is what the managerial task and the entrepreneurial task is all about. Stakeholder theory says if you just focus on financiers, you miss what makes capitalism tick. What makes capitalism tick is that shareholders and financiers, customers, suppliers, employees, communities can together create something that no one of them can create alone. 
and Freeman really helps us get to a closer definition on this idea of purpose. And those two key points that he makes are first, that this is done in collaboration with all of the stakeholders, including the community, the suppliers, and the employees. And second, that all of those stakeholders combined work on a focus that is past just the product of the company. And when we look at all of this together, we easily see what purpose is not. Purpose is not a brand just doing good or even appearing to do good and then telling everybody that they did good. Purpose is a collaborative effort with all stakeholders involved, focused on a common goal, past the product, and just making money for the business. Now that you have a better idea of what purpose is, let's talk about the benefits that it actually brings to these brands. There are a multitude, in fact, I'm gonna list off five major reasons that brands should consider moving to a purpose-driven platform. The first is something we covered in the last episode, the ability for purpose-driven brands to communicate with their marketplace far past just the product. Remember, Tesla isn't having conversations about cars. They're having conversations about radical innovation and how those things are helping get the world off of fossil fuels. That is the purpose and that is the context of the relationship. And as we saw, it not only allowed them to break through, it helped them dominate the conversation and sell three times as many vehicles as their closest competitor. Another great example is this one that you might have seen. Okay, so I'm going to just give you some actions to do. What you're listening to is the always throw like a girl campaign. And what you can't see are they're asking adults to do these actions. To run like a girl, to throw like a girl, to fight like a girl. And each time they get the same result. An over-exaggerated, extremely feminine, or what we believe to be feminine, response. She doesn't run, she flails. He doesn't throw the ball very far and only goes a few feet. And it's a very funny thing to watch. And then it transitions and you hear this little girl, Dakota. She's 10. My name is Dakota and I'm 10 years old. Show me what it looks like to run like a girl. And when she's asked to run like a girl, throw she like looks a like Floja. When she's asked Fight to throw like, like a, girl. a girl, the ball launches out what of her hands. And then like they get to the point. They get to the heart of the matter. Is like a girl a good thing? Actually, I don't know what it really if it's a bad thing or a good thing. It sounds like a bad thing. It sounds like you're trying to humiliate someone. So when they're in that vulnerable time, between 10 and 12, how do you think it affects them when somebody uses like a girl as an insult? I think it definitely drops their self-confidence. Always isn't telling the world and, um, about their really products. They aren't even telling the world anything. Time, they're showing the world there's a problem and they're helping fix the problem. See, their purpose is to give women confidence. And rather than just stating this, they've created an effort. And this effort has been watched more than 90 million times. And what is the effort? It's to change people's perception around the idea of what it means to be a woman, of what feminine really means. And see, here's what it really comes down to. Rather than just stating their purpose as to help build women's confidence, they actually did so. 
because 70% of women and 60% of men who watched the video stated, the video changed my perception of the phrase, like a girl, always broke through to almost 100 million people. And they changed the intent to purchase the always products. They increased the intent to purchase by over 50%. And they did it without ever talking about their product. And that really gets us to point number two. Purpose-driven brands create more profit. We surveyed about 1,500 people globally, business executives. He told us that they tied their social purpose operations to their growth strategy, were more likely to identify themselves as having strong financial performance and actually outperforming their peers. Nearly two-thirds of executives told us that more companies should That's be willing Nina to take Sita a bold Raman stand from the Economist Group, reporting on a recent study they conducted, looking into the impact of purpose on brand performance. And what they found, as she stated, brands are more likely to be beating their direct competition when they are purpose-driven. Now, this is also corroborated by a Harvard Business study done by professors John Carter and James Hester, as their research shows that over a decade-long period, purposeful, value-driven companies outperform their counterparts and stock price by a factor of 12. And when we combine profit with the idea of stakeholder theory, we start to see many different types of profit being produced by purpose-driven brands. Not only do they have stronger bottom lines, but we also find that they have a much easier time at hiring top talent. They have a much better time at retaining that top talent. They have much lower customer churn rates. And all of those things combined make for a much stronger and more durable brand, as well as a more profitable one. Purpose-driven brands have a lot of powerful advantages, but there's one more thing that we haven't discussed that's extremely important, and that is the consumer. And there are numerous studies out there showing consumers want purpose-driven brands. From the BBMG study showing that 73% of people care about the company, not just the product when they're making a purchase decision. To the new Accenture study, which found nearly two-thirds of global consumers prefer to purchase products and services from companies that stand for a purpose that reflects their own values and beliefs and will avoid companies that don't. I mean, the benefits are evidently clear. It's easier to hire the best talent. It's easier to keep the best talent. It's easier to keep those people happy. And when they're happy, they serve your customers better it's easier to relate to your customers because you can focus on things past product. By doing this, the customers will buy more from you and not to mention this results in higher profits than other methods. So the question we must ask is why isn't every business purpose-driven? Well, in 2017, we did the research to find out. In the 2017 State of Marketing Report, we found the top three reasons why executives do not follow purpose-driven paths, and they are as follows. Number one, we don't want to risk putting out a message that polarizes our audience. Number two, 
we are unsure how to connect our purpose to our marketing strategy, and number three, we have insufficient executive buy-in on the articulation of our purpose. Now, when you listen to those answers, you can kind of understand. I mean, this does seem like a pretty tricky thing, and I'm not going to lie, it is pretty tricky. But here's really where I believe the problem lies. There is a big confusion on the notion of purpose in two major ways. First, brands believe it has to be a controversial social issue. Second, brands are assuming this must be a public display. Again, neither of those are necessarily true. I want to bring in Stefan Jacobs to this conversation, COO and co-founder of Codopaxi, a purpose-driven brand that is creating a path that others can follow. Yeah, so we sort of see three major levers for, how, for us to have um, holistic impact uh, towards poverty alleviation. Uh, the first is through our supply chain. We recognize that in the communities where we make our products, um, we can do that in a responsible manner or in a less responsible manner. So we, we work and are very carefully vet partners that sort of share our value system, that treat their workers fairly, where there's safe labor conditions, they pay them fairly, there's healthcare coverage, et cetera. Uh, we often combine that with education initiatives as well. Like one example is our a product, uh, the Luzon del Dia, where we empower um, our sewers. They decide the design um, of each individual pack. So um, every single one is unique. And, and so we, we are setting up a training program there that you know helps uh, teach uh, creative skills and Adobe Illustrator and, and whatnot. Um, so the second, besides our supply chain, the second lever is through our grant making where, you know, 2% of our revenue goes uh, into a grant pool. And then from there, we make 12 month grants to organizations that have a proven track record um, where we have specific metrics that we track in education. It's uh, primary literacy rate in uh, health. It's under five child mortality rate, um, both of which have been proven to be strong predictors of um, you know, a community sort of lifting um, out of poverty and having sustainable success. The third is sort of community building locally here in the U.S., where we um, are running uh, pretty exhaustive uh, skills-based volunteering programs. We, for example, launched a coding workshop where we work with the refugee community here in Utah and various other programs. For example, we have a cart writing program where we uh, work with refugee youth. It's often their first job in the, in the country and they help us write thank you cards that accompany every uh, order that goes out to a customer. Um, so it's a, like a handwritten note that basically says, you know, adventure on in their, uh, in their local language. So it's just a really, you know, great way to, um, you know, build, humanize that, that, you know, experience of when somebody receives a package from Cotopaxi while at the same time generating some income for refugee youth here in Utah. And we combine that with job readiness training, interview preparation, uh, resume training, that kind of stuff. So, um, so those are the three main areas that we recognize, supply chain, um, our grant making, and then skills-based volunteering um, here locally. Where most brands think to be purpose-driven, it has to be some type of public display, such as Tom's giving a pair of shoes away when somebody else buys a pair, and that's completely untrue. I mean, listen to what Stefan talks about. They redid their supply chain. And see, in this conversation, he even tells me, he says, they will not work with a supplier unless the supplier provides healthcare for all of their employees. No one ever knows about that. And that's the whole point. 
This is internal and it's part of the structure and the fabric of how they do business. It is not a marketing ploy. Now there's one other major aspect we've got to touch on, and that's the notion that this won't work for your vertical. And to counter that, I'm going to put on Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, one of the largest tech companies in the world, on a recent interview with CBS. Just listen to how he believes purpose is the key to the future and why all businesses should be doing your board, it. Does anybody say, Mark, don't do that, just yeah. run the company? Yeah. No, this is the right thing to do. We have to do this. Look, we're, we're moving from a world where it was all about you know, being shareholder-based, we're moving to a world that's all about stakeholders. And right. that, that, that's what great CEOs are working on doing. They're making that transformation. And employees are stakeholders. Well, employees are stakeholders. Customers are stakeholders. Partners, the environment is a stakeholder. Our community, our homeless in San Francisco are stakeholders, all for Salesforce. We have to look out for everyone. Now, to be clear, Salesforce is a technology company, not a consumer-facing brand. And they double down on purpose. And Mark nails it on the head. It's about stakeholders, not shareholders. See, brands must see themselves as having to answer to more than just their investors. They must be accountable to their employees, their marketplace, their community. And this is why purpose-driven business can happen for anybody, because all businesses have those things. And any business that shifts from thinking that only financial profits are their ultimate goal to seeing a larger world where they're actually creating profit for all stakeholders will be able to reap greater rewards. So let's go back to the point. Why am I bringing purpose into this discussion? How does purpose play out in the infinite era? Simple. As transparency rises, Consumers will demand more and more from brands, and the statistics we've seen show that. They will be exposed to the inner workings of brands, and those experiences will have a greater effect on the perception of your brand than any message you create. The only way to ensure your brand is always creating positive experiences is to focus on more than just profit. Your employees, for example. This is why culture is so important in today's business. Happy employees create better experiences for your customers. Finally, purpose opens up your brand to a new world of possibilities, of experiences that you can create far past just your product offering and allowing you to build a deeper relationship with your market, driving increased profits, as well as creating a much more durable brand. I wanna thank you for joining me today and invite you to join me next time for episode seven, where we dig into the effects of the infinite era on the consumer to reveal new consumer mandates as a result of the infinite era. Mm -hmm.